Yo, what it is, what it is, what it is. What's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards. And we were back. We were? No, we actually, we are. We're back in the living room. Back, back in the building, baby. That's right. Yo, you know, so the kid 50 Cent is, uh, now he's broke right now. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Father Buck Protocol. Welcome, welcome back. Another uh, another great week, man. The weather finally broke. It's not, it's it's not, yo, it's not the John Please out there right now. It was, it was, it was hotter than the devil's nutsack a couple of days ago. I'm in my method man right now. Um, yeah, man, it, it cooled off. You know, you know it was hot when you say, ah, oh, dude, it's it's cooled off. It's only 85, right? But, um, yeah, cooled off in New York City. Welcome to New York City. Welcome to New York City. And, uh, and big shout out to the network, All Things Comedy. Go check out the wonderful website, allthingscomedy.com. Do people still say, you know, it's always weird. You ever hear somebody say www? You're like, wow, you're old as Gandalf. <laughs> why are you say? Why are you say? Why not just say, uh, you, you, you should go to HTTP colon not semicolon forward slash forward slash www dot oldasdust.com. Uh, I wonder if that's an actual website. You know what? Someone, someone probably bought the domain, or someone will go cop the domain now. And then squat on it and try and get us to buy it. You're not gonna get it, baby. I don't want it. Um, yeah, so big up all things comedy, big up all the comics on all things comedy. Go check out this site. And uh and, and you know what? I'm telling people to check them out because people are always like, Man, every you bigging up everybody else's show. Do people big up your show? I hope people do, but if they don't, I can't control it. But um, it does make, you know, it's funny. Once someone says that, I think Royale said that to me uh, uh, on the Royale episode, the Fuller Market Royale Watkins episode. He was like, now, homie, are, are all these people plugging your, your uh, podcast? And once someone plants something in your head, you then start saying, yeah, well, are they picking up my, uh, my podcast? But um, hey, whatever, man. I'm bigging up... Uh, you know, Billy Bird's Monday Morning Podcast, um, Ian Edwards' Soccer Comic Rant. You know, all my faves, the ones I normally uh, plug, uh, uh, the champs with Moshi and uh, uh, and Neil. Uh, 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 Brian Scalero's, uh, uh, the Brian Scalero Show, Kira Soltanovich, Kira Soltanovich Show, and, uh, and many more. Um, so y'all go check them out. And uh, and tell them I sent you, you know, and then maybe they'll they'll give us a sh- give us a father mucking shout out, huh? Oh, we were just uh, yo. Also, big shout out. It's been a while because because I, I was away at sea. I was not in the living room. I was I was casting my pod via pad of eye, and, and so it's good. My man, Big Mike, back in the building, baby, with the thumbs up. Uh yeah oh and you know what yo let me let me also cause cause Mike doesn't get the the credit that he deserves for not only being a brilliant sound guy and a brilliant sound technician but just a talented editor filmmaker and uh so um a couple we shot 
my our my so 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 Barry uh right Barry my manager he tells me Dean you know what I just shot four I shot four comedy specials just now with four different clients right and there's no reason you shouldn't you shouldn't uh have your own hour of comedy somewhere I I need you to shoot yeah so he told me I, he needed me to sh- uh shoot a stand up spot so that people could, you know, so that they could, what what they do, the, the plan is you shoot your hour when your headline is somewhere and then you submit it to, uh, <clears throat> you submit it to different production companies and or networks, whether Comedy Central or Netflix or Stars or HBO. Um, but you can also uh, partner with a production company, shoot shoot something, show them it. And then also you you sit down and say, yeah, we want to we want to uh, be in business with with you, and so we're gonna shoot this we're gonna shoot this hour in six months. Um, we'll book the the theater, um, and then for the next six months, you just you you master you workshop the heck out of that that uh, hours worth of material to where it's it's flawless and and you can recite it backwards and forwards. So in April, actually Easter weekend, I was at Gotham Comedy Club. Shout out to any and everybody that uh, came out to Gotham that weekend. I was, I think I've said to you all before, I was a little disappointed the with my lack of uh, media promotion for that show. Because originally um, at Gotham, I do MLK weekend in January, but we got rescheduled to Easter weekend, which is not a great weekend for comedy because people go away. People people are on the road seeing their families. The last thing a lot of people are thinking about is coming to see my funny face on stage in the middle. Of, and it was winter. The weather actually wasn't too terrible, but it, it is winter, you know. Um, so we had good crowds, but they weren't great as far as numbers. Like last year out of five shows, all shows were packed, and I think we sold out two of them. And the difference between a sellout show and a packed comedy show is, are you, are you boys and girls listening to the protocol for the week? Numbers-wise, comedy is contagious, right? So I always break it down uh, with, with 100. Say you have 100 people, right? I always think of in terms of three quarters. You have 100 people and... 50% of the people laugh. That's 50 people laughing. And then those 50 people have uh, 25 people on one side, 25 people on the other. You're going to get another 25 people that are going to laugh just because they're amongst the other 50. Laughter is contagious. Like, hey, I can yawn. Did anyone yawn out there? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller. So... Um, if you, if you make, if you have a crowd of 100, you make 50 laugh and then another 25 laugh just because it's contagious, you have three quarters of the audience. So if you have, uh, 350 people, um, why don't I just go with 300? If you have 300, cause look, I was, I was about to start doing the math equation in my head. <laughs> if you have, if you have 300 people in the audience and you got 150 that that um are laughing. You're gonna get another 75 that are gonna roll over. So you have 225 people that are rolling with you, and then you'll have obviously trickling in another 75 
uh, remaining. But if you only have 100 people there and 50 laugh and 25 laugh along with the other 50, you notice the other 25 that don't laugh a little more in a big spaces club like Gotham. Whereas if, if, if you have a larger space and, fewer, and a, a quarter of the audience doesn't laugh, you're not going to notice it as much. So I, as a performer, as a professional, as a performer, as, as an artiste, I realized when I was on stage, um, especially for that first show, um, the, the Friday night uh, 7.30 or 8 o'clock show, I remember saying to myself, you know, this crowd is tighter. And anyone that, anyone that, um, that knows, uh, knows perf- live performance, you know a Friday night early show is going to be a little tighter than, say, the 10 o'clock or 10.30 show because people still have the stink of the work week on them. A lot of people came directly from work. A lot of people uh, left work, went to dinner, went to grab some drinks, and then came straight to the comedy club to get some more drinks. Uh, So all that to say, it was a challenge to record my hour that weekend. However... Uh, both the, shout out to uh Vessi. Also, y'all make sure you check out the callback, um, the callback uh podcast starring our very own EP, Mr. Joseph Vessi, um, who definitely who said he wants to come back when we get Judah, uh, Friedlander, the, the uh world champion, Ju- Judah Friedlander. When we get Judah in there, he wants to be in in it for that. So that that'll be great. Um, and then that'll hopefully roll into Judah doing uh the callback. Has has Judah done the callback, Mike? No? Okay, so that'd be great. Um, so uh, I contacted both Joseph and Michael. They said, boom, yeah, let's do it. They also, they recorded Joe's, uh, Joe did some guest spots, which hopefully will lead to him booking some, because he recorded his sets and was going to edit those and submit so that he can get some uh, some more college work and get a uh, some NACA gigs going. Um, so they shot him. They shot uh, both shows Friday, and then uh, I told my my manager, "All right, we're gonna edit them." Mike sent me the the um, the you actually sent me various uh, versions of, of. First, you sent just a, a little snippet, and then he also wound up sending me uh, three different versions of the files because uh, because I was gonna be on away at sea. And it was going to be hard to download the files. So I got the files. Now, here's, here's where the problem lies or becomes an issue. That was early April. So I get these like late April, early May. I go away early May. I say to myself, I got two weeks. Boom, I'm sit down and I'm going to get these. I'm going to scrutinize and go through my uh, material to edit them. And then two weeks pass and I ain't do nothing, right? Right? Because I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm a comedian, people. I'm not a rocket scientist. Uh, so then I was like, oh, damn, you know what? I got to get get on that. And then I started to do the uh, do the edits. And then I think I dragged my feet. And then next thing I know, it's late June. I'm like, all right, boom. I got to get these edits done. So I get the edits done. I email them to Mike. And I guess they never went... They, being on the ship because the Wi-Fi stinks, I put the edits in an email. The email never sent. I sent him the wrong email. Ah, oh, I sent him the wrong email. Boom. Wow. Okay. 
Boom. So we just found out the problem. <laughs> so now rewind to about a week ago, week ago, and and Barry uh he actually sends uh <laughs> he sends sends me a message. Look, I'm trying to trying to find the uh the message. And the message has the name in the subject line, the message has the name of the uh the production company here. I'm I'm sorry, y'all. I'm looking for it. Okay, it has a production company, uh, and and he says, and the email is only three lines. Dean, I need the hour special shot in the club that you would put in a time capsule and be most proud to share every joke with the world. I need this link ASAP, Barry. So now I feel guilty because I'm like. Oh, damn it. I wanted to have this done before he asked for it. And that's, you know what? Regardless of comedy or anything else, I take full blame and responsibility um, and fortunately have people that are patient with me. And that was a lesson learned. Um, hey, man, anyone listening, you have some work to do. Get it done. Get it done. It's better because you don't want to wind up in the position I was just in where... I had what uh pretty much let's let's say May, June, May and June. I had two and a half months to to get this to them. And I dragged my feet and now they're asking for it. And fortunately, uh fortunately for me, I have uh such a talent uh in my corner as Mike, to big Mike where uh I, I hit Mike. I think he sent that what last last Monday. Was it, yeah, he sent it to me on maybe say the thirteenth, and I hit I hit Mike up. I was like, "Yo, Mike, um, did well." Here's what's funny: I sent Mike the message. Yo, did you um how how soon are you to uh, being finished with the edit? He was like, "I never I never got your notes." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" So then I checked my emails and I had uh I had it sitting in my drafts and 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 it only had maybe up to 20, maybe 25 minutes in. So I still had another 40 minutes worth of editing to do. Actually 50 because it, it came out to about an hour and 10 minutes, right? So it was about 70 minutes. So, and here's what's funny, man. I, I noticed something. As I'm sitting, I, I must have sat for about four hours. Here's, here's what, what stinks with editing because people don't realize the, the process. And it, and it took me back to film school, actually, right? Because it's been that long ago since I really had to sit and scrutinize time code where you're watching and because I'm splicing we're, we're we are splicing two different sets together I'm wearing the same outfit on stage uh the audience is different right now did you notice Mike did you notice there's a woman obviously you notice in in set number one there's a woman that was loud that was sitting if you're watching me, it's she's to my my stage right to to the bottom right hand corner of the screen. But it's during set number two, there was a woman's head pretty much center of the screen, and there's a dude sitting behind her. Um, but if but the trick is if 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 someone's enjoying the comedy, they're really not paying any attention to that because they're just black silhouettes from behind. Uh, but as you're editing, so here's here's what we're we're doing, right? So I'm watching uh. I'm watching, say, set number... I'm watching set number one. I think we wound up opening with set number two. And the edit started easily. It started, like I said, you know, the first, because I didn't like the audience in, in set number one, 
So set number two, I said, you know, let's open with set number two for the first like 18, 19 minutes, right? Which we which we wound up doing because they they were more energetic, they were excited, they were hyped. So we opened with that. And so my I think my my notes were uh were here here's my set order. So open from zero to about 19, 19 minutes. Yeah, here. Open on set number two through 19 minutes, 28 seconds, right? Then I had to have him go back to set number one because the joke that I was uh, finishing up at 1928 in set number two, I, I, was, I was also doing, I was starting at 1505 in set number one. So there's a lot of back and forth. So go from 1928 in set two to... Uh, 1505 in set one, let that run through 1546 on set one, then go back to set number two with 20 minutes and 22 seconds, run that for about, uh, uh, what, 28 seconds through 2050, go back to set number one, 1550. So we did this, dude, I'm looking like this is a lot of, huh? But you know what? And now Mike, Mike just said, I can't believe you went through and did that. How how did you expect me to do it uh, initially? Oh, that's, the right that's the right way. Yeah, that's see, that's that's the filmmaker in me, right? But most people would have just said, "Oh, just just run that joke and then go to the 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 Jay Z and then go from Jay Z and cut run let that run through to the Denzel and then go to the uh, uh, American Idol." But the reason I I I didn't want to leave any room for for uh, for an error where later on I was like, oh, Mike, you know what? I actually only wanted you to do this and cut that. So I was very specific. It took me like four hours um, going through it. And I ain't going front. By the end of that, by by Wednesday night, because I, I think Wednesday you said you'll be up till around midnight. So I'm, 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 I'm ironing it out, saying, here, I just want to get this done. I think I finished around 1220, right? So I was going from about 7 o'clock that night till about 1220. Uh, I sent it through to him. And by the time I sent it through to him, I was like, yeah, oh, this didn't even seem as funny as I thought it was, right? Because, because you've sat and you've watched it. You've watched you've watched yourself talk for five hours. Even if the tele the TV was on in the background, the kids went to bed, my wife went upstairs, I'm sitting down on the floor. It was hot last week, so I'm sitting on the floor just going over this because I'm like, man, um, why and then then you start beating yourself in the head, why did I wait this long? Why did why why I should I should as soon as Mike sent this to me at the end of April, I should have done this and gotten this uh to him, and then he couldn't got it back to me and in Barry's hands as quickly as possible so that when it was time to go to the producers, he had it. Um, all that to say, I was sick of my set by the, by the, by the end of it. And then um, say, when, did it, when Mike sent, and he, Mike works, look, look, applause. Huh? That was Wednesday night. Mike had a copy back to me on Friday night, right? Friday night. Um, I had a copy waiting. I was excited to watch it Saturday morning because I was tired after after doing a bunch of shows. Uh, Saturday morning comes. I can't play it. <laughs> I couldn't play it. I was like, wait, no. But I can't. So now I'm I'm also feeling like, geez, I don't want to be a pest. And uh, and, and 
and but it, Google Drive was having some sort of issues uh, with 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 videos, and so so I sent Mike a message as as politely as possible. I didn't, and I know he wasn't tripping, but at the same time, you're just like, geez, I know he's he's already done a lot by by just editing this for me. So I'm like, I don't want to. You never want to be a pest. But what? Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. He said the edit was the hard part, which was I knew. Right. So, but now we're like, wait, what the heck? So then uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, he works on it and he gives me another copy and he's condensed the file down memory wise. And still now it will play. Now I'm able to watch it. If I go to Google Drive, but I can't download it. And what I need, I need to download it in order to upload it to Vimeo to send the file off uh, to to my manager and, so that he can then forward it to the the necessary parties. Um, we finally got it resolved, I think, Sunday evening. Mike wound up uploading it to, Vim, to my Vimeo for me, and then we wound up going... I think you you put it, you had it in your uh, Google Drive, and we found we figured out a way to download it from that. So all that to say thank you. <laughs> but oh, but here's what's crazy. So Sunday morning when I finally get it, I'm like, all right, let me watch this. Right, I watched it. Yo, I ain't go front. I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm kind of nice at this, son. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm um I'm pretty nice with what I do right here, son. Cause, cause sometimes you gotta step out of it because you're in it and, and you're engrossed in it. It's like any other any other creative process. You get your brain gets so tired of beating what seems like a dead horse because you're like, man, this this seemed like it was a good idea. <laughs> you know, like like I guarantee you that when when by by. Shoot day, day number 49 of the shoot of Star Wars back in 1975, 76. I'm I guarantee you Harrison Ford was sitting like, what the hell is it? What the hell is a Wookiee? What the hell is a Wookiee? Why? What what is this? And George Lucas is like, yeah, you know, I um I I there's something there. I just I I I really believe, you know, Lawrence Kasdan, the producers are like, I don't, I don't know. Do we the force? Do we are we 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 can't call it something else? Just the force? No, I, I really I really believe you know. But then as there and then you know the editor. The editor was probably like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, what is that?" And then finally, when they screened a rough demo, they all are sitting around like, "Yo, we got that heat. We got that. We got that John Blaze up in here." We we got some fire, so that's how I felt. When I'm watching this on Sunday morning, I'm laying on my bed, uh, watching it, and I'm saying, and I'm laughing to myself, but I'm also, and I'm I'm like, yo, these edits are like really crisp. So I'm now I'm now proud that I took the necessary time to give Mike the the specific uh, uh, directions to to give him the right idea of uh, so and then and then I saw and you like some of your edits were dope like there was one where damn uh man I can't if I wish I could think of the actual joke there's one where I started walking uh, uh stage left and I go off screen 
but I'm still talking. And then you cut in to to set number two, but it was it was smooth. I was like, oh, that was nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, film tricks, man. It was it was it was dope. So I um. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike was saying he saw what I did as far as if a woman started uh, turning around, I just had him cut it out because I did. Yeah, well, because it 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 affects the continuity uh, of the uh, of the editing and and the flow becomes sort of uh, jump jumbled, you know. Um, but yeah, man. So that's that's uh, anyone out there, man. If 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 uh, if ever if if you ever are wondering, man, if you're ever procrastinating something that you know you need to get done in order for you to move on to bigger and better and, and achieve something greater, man, just get it done. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to sit around regretting that you didn't. You, this is the number one rule for your set. In order to survive, got to learn to live with regrets. Man, forget them regrets. Just, just do what you got to do so you're not living with, with regrets, man. Uh, and, and, you know, so the, 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 pro the product is off. Package, I sent it in, and uh, and here's what's funny. Right after I sent it, and I sent it on Sunday, I wanted to hit Barry like, "Yo, you got it?" But then I said to myself, "No, you know what? He's been waiting, so now, now you can wait. You know, you don't have to pester him to see if he got it. What did you think of it? Because um, I know it's good. I know it's, I know it's, I know it's great. I know it's, uh, it's gonna make a dope, a dope. So I, I already started. I thought of a uh, Kanye West, um. He has this this song on his first album, College Dropout, called uh, um, called Last Call. Yes to the rock. Is that yes? If they ask me, they ask me, they ask me. I tell them he's a Rockefeller. And uh, and he has this whole long thing where he's talking about um, he he always walked around with his demo. He always walked around with his demo, and and the song is dope. Killing y'all because on that lyrical shit, mayonnaise, color bends, I push lyrical whip, miracle whips, and I am his dope, dope song. So then at the end, he has this like, it has to be nine to 12 minutes of him just talking and telling his, uh, telling his story about how he, uh, how he'd been pursuing this greatness for so long and how, how so many people told him no. And he, he had one deal that fell through and he just finally just up and moved to New York City, to Jersey. Uh, his mom helped him move, you know, and uh, it's, it's actually a dope so dope story. Like anytime I'm like feeling like I got got to remotivate myself, I'll listen to that that song. Cause even here's a, something something very telling about Kanye. He has a line where he says, uh, "Now I could let these dream killers kill my self esteem, or use my ar arrogance as my steam to to fuel my dream." Right? And I, I'm like, "Yo, that's, that's a dope lyric for his album." Um, but he, uh, he, he talks about how he always had his joint ready and, and prepared to anybody that would listen, you know? And so you gotta have, you always want to have your calling card, boom, ready. And then he even talks about, my original point is he, he talks about, uh, how once he, uh, he's, he had like his whole album, like designed and, and planned and, and. He talks about how he had uh, he had all these ideas. I mean, he he had his 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 concept of his album and 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 uh, photos and what he wanted to use. 
and direction. And that's how I felt after watching watching the special, or watch, watching me do the, the hour or the 70 minutes, I started, my mind started going, you know, and I was inspired. I was re-inspired. I was like, all right, boom, this is what I want to do on, um, Oh, for for the for the uh for for the special and the DVD and I already had pictured like the front of the DVD and the back of the DVD and I said to myself I want to I think I want to call it um uh, something you know what I did I go with funny for the muck or for the muck and funny like Dean Edwards for the muck and funny uh, or funny for the muck one of the two right um and um because I think it's something that that'll stick with people. Uh, but then, yeah, I, my mind started going, man. But then I've, I've I've been in this real creative mode in the last couple of weeks, which is good, you know, as far as uh, Mark Theobald and I, we're punching up this pilot, we're, we're tightening this pilot, and then this, uh, this other project um, that kind of came, came to resurface that we, we pitched and pretty much had sold a couple of years ago. And then uh, the network, <laughs> the network, as they were doing the budget for it and everything, they got a new president, so it fell through, <laughs> which is always the case. Uh, yeah, it's always something. But but um, and then the only reason why I didn't uh, continue pursuing it is because right after that, I wanted up uh, guide code popped and uh, MTV guide code popped, and then uh, I wound up with this other show on TV One that was semi similar to the show I had just been pitching. So I was like, oh, I don't need to do this show anymore. So um. So yeah, brothers, brothers feeling real, real, uh, real creative right now. You know what I mean? And uh, y'all keep an ear and an eye out for the future huh? as you go along this journey with this funny for the mucker. Um, I think we were just talking. It's funny. We were just talking about uh, Star Wars and uh, and George Lucas and the Force, and people people are up in arms because Amy Schumer is having a moment. Oh wow! Oh, Disney, Disney is not happy. Okay, I did not. Now here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Hey Mike, press power on the AC. Is uh, uh, Disney's not happy, and I just realized why. Because I'm looking at the pictures now. I have a subscription. Oh wow, to uh, GQ on my iPad, and. Yeah, okay. I I can see why they might be a little <laughs> a little disappointed. Oh wow. I'm I'm sorry. If y'all haven't if y'all haven't seen the uh pictures, wow, uh Amy uh a- Amy's definitely having a moment. Now here's what's funny. Now now the cover, I guess Disney is to me it's still weird saying anything Disney associated with Star Wars because you're like, wait, but it's Star Wars. It's 20th Century Fox. Like, now, is 20th Century still partnering with them? They have to be because Star Wars is not Star Wars if it doesn't open with the the 20th Century logo opening and the drumming. Here comes Star Wars. Da, 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 da. And then it goes black. And then you see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that's not going to feel right seeing the Disney. <laughs> then it goes a long time ago in a galaxy. It, it 
feels awkward to then hear episode seven of Force Awakens. You know, I just got goosebumps off of that though. That's that's how that's how much Star Wars has influenced me. So so yeah. So the um, I guess the the problem, the issue is that on uh, the cover of GQ magazine, which is funny. <laughs> I just downloaded. It. I hadn't downloaded it yet. The cover of uh, GQ is it's the ta- it's the comedy uh, issue, I guess, and it says our tastiest comedy issue yet, starring Amy Schumer. Amy's on the uh, cover dressed as Princess Leia in the uh, slave garb from from Return of the Jedi, aka Episode Six, uh, where Leia was enslaved by Jabba the Hutt. Um, do you think Leia actually did anything with Jabba? That's kind of nasty to think about. Because how much time passed between the end of Empire Strikes Back and the beginning of uh, uh, Return of the Jedi? So a year has passed, which means Leia has... Uh, she, she Well, she, oh, she was a bounty hunter. And she, so he enslaved her, but she wasn't enslaved that long. We hope, we hope. Just you shudder to think of what Princess Leia had to do. With a hut. Um, so anyway, the 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 cover of the magazine. If y'all didn't see it, and maybe I'll uh, I don't know if I can use this in in the the cover of our new uh, our this this episode. I guess we'll see. But there's a maybe I'll take a picture like this with my head and 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 Amy uh, and C three PO and three PO's gold finger <laughs> is in her mouth. And a very suggestive, um, you know what? I've never seen Amy in this way until right now. And, and I, all I can say is, giddy up. Giggity. Uh, well, that's actually saying two things. So uh, I guess they didn't, they didn't co-sign, right? They, uh, Disney, Disney did not clear these pictures. There's another picture of, of Amy with, with, with gang ink. With two teardrops under her eyes, <laughs> two teardrops under her eyes, and and wh- why does Chewbacca look darker than normal? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't gonna try and tell me that Chewbacca looks a, a darker shade of brown. You don't think I see what y'all did right there, GQ? Uh, and and Chewie's throwing up the West Side uh, with his hands and a gun sign with his other hand. But is that Chew? If those are Chewie's hands, he has small hands, doesn't he? Jeez, those hands are small. Um, hold up, I'm afraid there there are more pictures with them. Oh, jeez. Okay, so then now here's here's a picture that I'm sure would annoy the the name. The article's titled "The The Force Is Strong" with this one. That's uh that's Vader at the end of uh Star Wars uh A New Hope Episode Four. For all those Star Wars nerds out there, he was in his TIE fighter. And uh, Luke and them, they were going to uh, destroy the Death Star. And Vader noticed, he sensed the presence of, of the Metachlorians uh, seeping out of Luke's uh, X-Wing. We didn't learn they were called Metachlorians until, uh, you know, some nearly 30 years later. Uh, okay, that's too much. I'm going too far. Um, okay, this this is a picture that I'm sure pisses off a lot of Star Wars junkies. Amy is deep throat. Well, she's not deep throating, but it, she's 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 swallowing uh 
wow, I can't, I can't get this out. This, I don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if, if my Star Wars nerd allows me to appreciate the, I was going to say the implied sexuality, but there's nothing implied about that. This is blatant. This is blatant sexuality. And she's swallowing, uh, oh gosh. She's swallowing a lightsaber. And here's, here's, here's what's funny. I know some, someone, some Star Wars junkies, some Star Wars nerds are sitting there. You know, if she, was, if she had a lightsaber in her mouth, she'd just burn a hole in her mouth. Right? That's not even realistic. Lightsabers, you can't control the length at which it extends. There's no such thing as a, as a katana-length lightsaber. And that lightsaber is clearly only about 15 inches long. And it's it's banging into her chin, and therefore she would have a hole in her chin. She would have a hole in her chin. Um, but but good on you, Amy. Um, there's an oh, and look at the oh wow, uh, another picture with uh, Amy laying in bed with C three PO and R two D two. I wonder what they were doing. Uh, uh, look, I'm trying to think of a funny a funny uh. <laughs> That's 3PO has a has a blowtorch in his hand with a cigarette that he just lit. Amy has a cigarette that looks like it went out and he's about to light up. Amy's also fondling one uh the little I don't know if you'd consider it a nipple or R2D2's uh uh projectile. <laughs> but but all 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 you can see that's emanating from Amy's facial expression is is uh, either I find your lack of faith disturbing. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to. I I you see what I did right there because I, I too am a Star Wars nerd. But people are up in arms. But you wonder, is Disney really up in arms, or is this perfect for them? Because this is perfect promotion for a franchise that was already. Going to break records and expectations. It's it's a film that appealed. many people are going to be salty about because you can never satisfy everyone, and I guarantee you, someone is going to be upset. Um, oh, and then there's another picture of Amy, um, not in the creature cantina, but just uh just a bar. She's just in a bar with a R two, C three, and uh and the Wookie, and and a guy who looks like his name is Jeb. Um, and she's dressed as Princess Leia in the original Star Wars, and she's up on the bar partying like it's 1999. Uh, the stand-up I've done on TV is like pulling back the curtain, and this is HBO special is like pulling up my dress. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Uh, oh, you know, because, um, she's, I know she's doing an HBO special that, uh, that Chris Rock is directing because I saw them. Yeah, I saw them out and about. I might have said this on a previous episode, but I saw them, I don't know, about a month, month and a half ago. I was at Stand Up New York. I think I did a spot, and then I was getting ready to leave, but I saw Rock walk in. And so I was like, oh, you know what? If Chris is, anytime Chris is is working the same place I'm working, I'm like, you know, you can always learn something watching uh, someone as brilliant as Chris Rock um, or just getting inspired. So I uh, I chilled, and then... It turns out he was like, nah, I'm not going on. Uh, I'm watching Amy because he's directing Amy's special. So I was like, oh, okay, bet. I'll check it out. And he also um, gave me dap and he said, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the star of Top 5, Dean Edwards. <laughs> he, was, he was joking, obviously. But, hey, my, my ego, 
I'm I'm running with that. That's that's gonna be on the back of uh funny for the buck or for the buck of funny. That's I'm gonna have that quote. <laughs> Chris Rock says he's the star of top five. Um yeah, so uh yeah, and I, you know what I watched it and I actually enjoyed what I saw her uh so I watched probably about 10, 15 minutes, and I had to bounce uh to another spot, maybe. And uh and I enjoyed it. That was the most I had enjoyed it in a while. And because it didn't rely on the I'm a woman, but I'm dirty. That that style of comedy for me. For me. And this is not these are not shots at Amy Schumer or any other female comic that uses profanity. Uh, I'm not some L7. I'm not a square just because I don't curse. I don't have a problem with anyone that does curse or use profanity. My problem only lies when it be, becomes a shock value thing, right? And, and I feel like uh, there's a brand of comedy uh, specifically, uh, you know, utilized by a lot of women that are quote-unquote cute and and uh, and they, they talk about, you know, any and everything under the sun. But I'm like, you know, is it funny or is it just using shock value? Um, uh, and so, and Mike just said he calls it a gimmick. I just call it easy, you know? Um, and that's not to say that, I, you know what, I don't need to sit on my own podcast and defend what I say, but because Amy and I are cool, I don't want it to seem like I'm pissing on what she does because I think what Amy does, she does her thing. But at the same time, uh, there are people that are going to hear this and mis- mis- that might misconstrue it. I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't just automatically assume people will, but people, we live in an era of, of beef. Of of social media beef, right? <laughs> no 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 one beefs to you, to your face, but everybody got beef online. Everybody's a Twitter thug, um, so, you know. And, and I'm happy. I'm happy. Amy's doing her thing, and and I heard Trainwreck uh, is is. We actually wanted to go see it last week, but we missed like the last showing. Um, but I I respect it also because she's employing a lot of cats that uh, came up with her or helped her along the way. I know Pop Pop. I know Keith is in a train wreck, and Keith needs a break. I hit Keith last night. I was like, "Yo, so you doing a podcast uh, tomorrow morning?" He's like, "I'm in I'm in Montreal." I was like, "And <laughs> you're doing the Uptown Comedy Show in uh, Montreal? So are you going to be here for my podcast tomorrow?" Um, obviously, he's not. Uh, so yeah, so did Disney get these pictures out on purpose and now they're pulling, pulling the wool over all of our eyes or aren't they? I think, I think did Disney just did what they're supposed to do. They, they, they sparked some controversy and attached themselves to someone who's hot right now and, and it works. It's, and no one's watching Star Wars. I mean, honestly, you know, Star Wars is, it's not real. So the fact that she has a, a, a humanoid's finger in her mouth, um, what would that be called if if ne- necrophiliac is when someone uh, has sex with the dead? What would a what would a androphiliac? Androphiliac? Did I just create a term? Uh, someone let me know. Anyone that's listening. Anyone anyone that's listening, please let me know if there's a word for someone that uh, will lay down with a droid. <laughs> with with a droid. With a droid. Uh, speaking of Twitter beefs, I woke up this morning. Now, here's a look, man. Why are people taking to uh, the internet to beef with each other? 
Whatever happened to just calling someone that you had a problem with? Whatever happened to just keeping your business to yourself? Um, whatever happened to just not getting so in your feelings that everybody that follows you has to be a part of the journey? Now, there are people that might listen and say, Oh well, you know what? That's that's not being being real. This like that's the that's the term of the moment for the last you know almost two decades, yo. It's about keeping it real. You gotta keep it real, son. Gotta keep it one hundred. Gotta keep it gully. And honestly, it's not. I'm referring right now. Well, two things. First, I am referring. Firstly, I woke up this morning and. Uh, Timelines, everyone's saying how their timelines are blowing up because uh, rapper Meek Mill, rapper Meek Millian, uh, out of Philly and Canada slash Toronto's very own favorite son, one Aubrey Drake Graham, uh, he, uh, I guess, has some sort of beef with, uh, with rapper Meek Mill. And the the beef stems from uh, I'll probably get this wrong because I am not on the uh, I'm not on the social medias like they like the youngins, uh, but from uh, from what I understand, I guess Drake uh, doesn't write all of his songs, and he was on a song on Meek Mill's new album, uh, Meek Mill tweeted out the the fact like even just think think about that for a second the fact that you say the word tweeted out just to me diminishes some of your credibility i uh, like <laughs> there's nothing gangster saying man i read your tweet mm-hmm. i read your tweet about me son you got beef with my tweets mm-hmm. and I guess cat, you know, cats were all in the feelings because uh I guess I think it stemmed from, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it stemmed from uh Meek's new album's coming out, Drizzy Drake. Drizzy, he didn't promote it on Twitter because I guess everyone wants to piggyback off of each other now. So uh the 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 protocol as far as rap goes or not even rap maybe it's, maybe that's a music industry thing but it seems like specifically with hip hop where uh, many many artists uh that don't include J Cole because he's the first artist uh to go platinum first rap artist to go platinum with no guest features since 1988 89 it's it's 2015 that means tw- 26 27 years since a rapper put out an album with no features and it went platinum. And a million people consumed just that artist. Salute and applause to my man J. Cole uh for 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 doing that. That's that's a big that's a big deal, you know. Um that's impressive that you that you had enough faith in what you do to say, you know what, I'm gonna just put out this how I feel, you know. And that's not to take away from um a lot of uh you know, the numerous artists that do have featured Features on the albums because um I was just talking about uh King King Kendrick Lamar Kendrick Lamar <clears throat> uh, it hit me yesterday Kendrick always growls uh, 
I'd work on that impression, but it hurts my throat too much. <laughs> uh, you know, from Kendrick on down, there are numerous artists that that have uh, features on it on the album, so I don't have a problem with people doing features. But it's nice to see someone just have faith in what they do and say, you know, I'm gonna put this out. And it's just gonna be me. That being said, the the rules that apply in hip hop and probably a lot of music is if you're on someone's album and they have that new album drop or that single drop, you uh, and you have you know five million, you have one million, five million, ten million, fifteen, twenty million followers on whatever social media platform. You blast it out, yo. I'm I'm featured on that new that new album by the homie. It's always by the big homie. Fill in the blank, the name. Y'all make hashtag go cop that album. Hashtag name of album afterwards. Uh, I guess Drake didn't do that, and um, I guess uh, Mr. Mill of Meek uh, felt a certain type of way. Needless to say, he uh, he was a bit perturbed by it, and yeah, he uh, he started tweeting out. Uh, he started tweeting out like crazy um, that that uh, Drake doesn't write his own his own lyrics, and he didn't know Drake didn't write his own lyrics. Uh, he. Meek was pissed off and in his feelings, so he tweeted out that Drake doesn't write his own lyrics and he didn't write the lyrics on the song that he's featured on on Meek's album. And if Meek had known that Drake didn't write the song, write his lyrics on that song, he probably wouldn't have included the song on the album. Now, eh, that I don't know. That I don't know. But but ultimately they're saying, you know, in hip hop, you shouldn't have ghost writers. Eh. I don't, you know what? Have your goals. Every man, there, there's so many great artists that have put out uh, classics that that have had ghostwriters. Now, I prefer. That's not to say I, you're not going to tell. Them, I don't prefer uh, someone to have a ghostwriter, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never heard a song that has a ghostwriter and I ain't bumped to it. You know, uh, I think I remember. Shoot, man, as a matter of fact, the first recollection of a rap, of a rapper having a ghostwriter, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Cool G Rap uh, wrote Roxanne Shantae's uh, 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 on the song. So you best go about your way and have a nice day. I'm Shantae. It's back in the 80s, and there was a song where she was a... Uh, she was going going at uh, Boogie Down Productions, KRS One, and Scott LaRock. and and, uh, and she said, uh, uh, and Scott LaRock, you know what I'm saying? When T LaRock said it's yours, he didn't mean his name because she because T LaRock was out first, and then Scott LaRock pretty much jacked the the LaRock and put it in his name in uh. And I heard that, I think I heard maybe a year or two afterwards that, oh, no, G-Rap, because G-Rap wasn't as popular. Roxanne Shantae was popular, so G-Rap wrote the song because he was down Juice Crew, and he wrote that. I remember hearing that, um, shoot, Grandmaster Kaz, you want to take it all the way back, uh, uh, Big Bang Hank in, uh, in Rapper's Delight, the, the first real big 
rap hit, Rapper's Delight, uh, Big Bang Hank's verse, which is the second verse, that's all Grandmaster Cass, uh from the Cold Crust Brothers. Um, uh, as a, nowadays, as a ghostwriter, you get credit. Back then, you didn't. But here's what's funny. In Big Bang Hank's, Hank actually just, uh, 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 Grandmaster Cass said, here, just take this, this song. And the beginning of Hank's verse, he spells out Grandmaster Cass' name. He's, uh, uh, now I'm the C-A-S-A-O-N-O-V-A-N. The rest is F-L-Y. He spells out Casanova, which is where Cass is from. That's Casanova's, Grandmaster Cass' name, you know. Uh, so ghostwriting has been prevalent in, in hip-hop music and rap music since day one. Um, I prefer my MCs to be purists. You know, if if you found out that Eminem didn't write Stan, you'd be a little tight. Right, right. It's, in a way, it's sort of like Milli Vanilli, but there are, there are artists that you listen to because uh, they make you feel a certain way. Puffy, I think Puffy would be the first to say, don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks, right? So, so, and that's not to... I don't want anybody saying, oh, Dean ain't, re ain't really hip-hop because he likes Puffy. Y'all gonna sit here and act like Puffy ain't never made a song that, that you dance to? Hold up, hold up. I'm making I'm making the screw face right now. Y'all gonna sit here and tell me you ain't never danced to one song that Puffy, that P. Diddy, that Sean Combs is on knowing he ain't write them lyrics and you still ain't dance. If you said if you said you ain't never bopped your head to anything Puffy did, you's a liar. And I'm calling you on it right now, son. Because look, there's some people you listen to because they make hot records. Some people you listen to because they have have something something that they say that like Nas. I don't want to find out that Nas didn't write most of Illmatic. You know, I don't want to find out Nas didn't didn't write uh 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 his halftime his verse on halftime. Or, or or the world is yours, or it ain't hard to tell, you know. Uh, but if I find out that Will Smith didn't write all of Getting Jiggy with it, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Mike said, I think he did. And then I still will defend the Fresh Prince. Back in the days, the Fresh Prince people, people, y'all only know the, the pop. Crossover Fresh Prince, but I'm I'm talking New Music Seminar 1986. The Fresh Prince was nice. Uh, him, Jazzy Jeff, first transformed and uh 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 uh, 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 uh was it Dance to the Drummer's Beat? And he transformed on that and and um and Fresh Prince man. He had some lyrics. He he had just this, uh, I guess it was sort of like a freestyle. I've been trying to find a copy of that tape for years because I used to play that joint every day uh, during and after school on my Sony Walkman. Um, so, yeah, they're beefing. I haven't heard any re reply yet from Drake, right? I've only, I've only, and, and here's the thing. I want y'all to know, I'm not normally the type that uh, even gets caught up in these corny beefs. Uh, but I'm gonna read some of these uh some of the some of the some of the tweets uh because it honestly it, it it's, it's, the tweet is just come on man um let's see he ain't this Meek Mill he ain't even write that verse on my album and if I would have knew I would have took it off my album I don't trick my fans lol K 
Kendrick and J. Cole really know how, how to rap, even though they're in different lanes. Dude is all the way out of it, LOL. Why does he keep laughing out, out, laughing out loud? Uh, don't compare me to none of the cats that don't write their own raps either, LOL. The whole game know for real. They scared to tell the truth. Oh, let me see. There's an exclamation point. The whole game. You, I, you got you to gotta say, <laughs> you got to read Meek Mill lyrics like, uh, like you're singing one of his rhymes. Or I'm a boss. The whole game know for real. They scared to tell the truth. Because he ends exclamation points. I can't wait to, to okay. I can't wait to these guys and sit back and act like they don't know. All that yelling would, would kind of raise your blood pressure, no? Stop, stop comparing me to Drake, too. He don't write his own raps. That's why he ain't tweet my album, because we found out. See, so I think that's very telling. I think, honestly, I think Sun is a little tight that Drake, with all his followers, didn't tweet out that Meek's new joint is out. His new joint, he's from Philly. His new joint is out. And I think he got a little tight about that. Then on top of that, uh, Drake's been saying how much he loves Nicki Minaj since day one. And Meek Mill is now with Nicki. I saw someone posted something. <laughs> someone posted something saying that, that Meek Mill probably had a conversation with Nicki Minaj last night. Yo, hey, so for real, did, did you ever let, let Drake hit? Because... You see, you know, Nicki Minaj gave Drake like a lap dance and concert and the videos and whatnot. So, ah, to be young and in love, hmm? Then the other beef, speaking of Nicki Minaj, I guess Nicki, they, the MTV VMAs nominations came out and uh, I guess Nicki didn't, uh, Nicki did not uh, mention or no, Nikki wasn't nominated in one particular category, best video of the year for Anaconda. I didn't know the Anaconda song was was really that big. I heard about it when it first came out because it sampled mix a lot, but I I didn't I I think I may have seen the video uh, once, maybe twice when it first came out, and then that's it. Um, so we'll see. I. Uh, um. Uh. Anyway, so I just I just had a brain fart. Um. So Nikki didn't get nominated, and I think uh, the only two women nominated were Beyonce and Taylor Swift. And I guess Nicki Minaj tweeted something out where she was she didn't call out she didn't say Taylor Swift's name, but she said something with regards to. Um, you know, if if you're if you're slim and in a certain size, then you can get nominated for video of the year. But I guess Nikki was offended that offended not just as a woman with curves, but also as a black woman, that women uh of color and women with shapes with other than, you know, stick figure don't really uh get get uh they're just doing accolades. But then Taylor Swift Taylor Swift just uh, jumped on Nicki Minaj and said, I thought we were cool. You know, she puts her name. I thought we were cool, Nicki. And, uh, I, you know, that's, I always, I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift, but I think Taylor Swift gets a pass because they, they, the, ever since Kanye, I go, always go back to Kanye, ever since Kanye West uh, jumped on stage and 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 snatched the mic and tell I'm gonna let you finish. But but Beyonce had the best video video 
ever, you know, ever since he did that, he actually helped Taylor Swift uh, become the all-American uh, icon slash representative for what, what we as a country have decided we want to be the icon of the perfect woman. She's young, she's white, she's blonde. She can do no wrong, right? Um, but she does, do, like, she's, she ain't perfect, son. She ain't perfect. Every time, because here's the thing, if, if, if everything Taylor Swift did was done by a dude, people would have a problem with it. People, people would have, I've never heard John, what's his name, John Mayer? I've never heard that John Mayer has kiss and told. I've never heard that he wrote a song specifically about uh, a woman. I've heard that he's a, that he's a womanizer because, because he's dated other high-profile women. Um, but I've never heard he write a, him write a song about it. I don't know Taylor Swift's canon. I don't. I'm not familiar with all the songs. I know a couple of the songs, um, and and they're catchy. Um, a lot of them are about dudes that she used to mess with. A lot of these dudes are dudes that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but other people do know because they're they're young and they're on the pop scene or what have you. Uh, I've 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 seen Taylor Swift get angry when what was uh. Selena Gomez was dating the the what's his name T not Tim uh what's the young dude uh, look I'm the Timberlake Jonas uh uh Bieber right Selena Gomez uh was was it Dust Justin Bieber and and she was like blocking she didn't want Selena going dealing with Justin I'm like well who who are you to tell people who they can and cannot deal with I remember watching one time he was on stage giving an acceptance award they cut to Selena Gomez and and Taylor Swift and and you see Taylor Swift say f f him or something and I'm like word but this is this is this is who y'all want to 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 put up on a pedestal I'm just saying careful who you put on a pedestal I was actually when I saw that was going on this morning the first thing that popped in my mind was well Nicki Minaj didn't use any names and I don't think she's necessarily bashing she never oh uh, that's what it was that's how t what Taylor Smith Taylor Swift did. She tried making it about unifying women and, and these these entertainers with these heavy followings and and fan contingencies. They're very calculated in how they do things by making it not a personal thing, but it's uh it's about this movement. So you know, geez, Nikki, um, you always you always uh were about unifying women, not tearing women down. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I know Nikki's like, yo, easy. Where did that come from? I didn't make this about women beefing against women. I'm I'm talking about a a greater issue with with the fact that they only want to herald one type of woman, which is true. I mean, let's let's be honest. You know, the the shapely women are still just getting getting props in in mainstream media. So let's not act like this is not a reality. Huh. Why am I talking about all these youngsters? Oh man. Um, well, you know what? I think I've had a I've had, I've had a fun time rambling today. Mike, how long have we gone, son? Fifty minutes. Ghost writers and comedy. Did we? Um, oh, Mike's asking if there are ghost writers in comedy. 
Um, well, late night, late night's different. Um, I actually, who writes my jokes? <laughs> look, I, I, look, I, 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 well, I, you know, so we'll catch y'all next week on the uh, the Father Monkey Protocol, and uh, no, I, you know, I write, I write the majority of my material. I think we, I feel like we might have had this convo, but just to uh, readdress or is, is redress or readdress to to readdress, um, I do not have an issue with having with hiring. Writers as a stand-up. Uh, because a couple of months ago, I know people were were uh going at Kev for um for having having people that write for him. But you also have to understand, um, like you said, there there are different types of comedy writers now. Like Judd Apatow used to write jokes for for a bunch of different uh Comics when he first started, when he first started coming up, from Gary Shandling to uh, uh, was it Phyllis Diller or maybe just, like he, he used to just write and submit to people, and he started making a nice little living um, at it before he became the Judd Apatow. Long before he became the Judd Apatow we know now, or even before he became a a, a successful stand-up um, that was going to like uh, Aspen Comedy Festival, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian Special. Um, uh, on a side note, check out Judd Apatow's book. I, I started mentioning it, uh, Sick in the Head. Real, real good book. I, I, you know what? I also said, hold that thought, because I said I'm going to have... I told y'all that... Yeah, so I mentioned this in last week's episode that uh, dropped last week. Um, on the Father Muckin Big J Roast and Porn episode. Uh, Judd Apatow has a new book. I have the, uh, I have it on my, on my Kindle. And what I like about it is the type of book you don't have to read all the way through. You can just bounce back and forth between different chapters to, uh, to hear, uh, you know, the process of a lot of different, uh, Comedians and it's called Sick in the Head, Judd Apatow, and he has uh, he's interviewed everyone. And these interviews go back as far as when he was a teenager to uh, this year from Adam Sand from Adam Chandler to Albert Brooks, Amy Schumer, uh, Rock, Eddie Vedder. You know he has uh, uh, Gary Shandling, Harold Ramis, Harry Anderson, Jay Leno. I read the Leno part. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, and a bunch of others. So as I was reading it, I was like, this seems familiar. And then it hit me. I've had this book at least probably 15 years. Let me see when it was published. Jeez. Um, 2002, copyright 2002 by Franklin Ajay. So I think I got this book when it first came out. Uh, to all the brave souls who step on stage to tell the truth and make people laugh. This book... Is called Comic Insights, The Art of Stand-Up Comedy by Franklin Ajay. Franklin Ajay's uh, brilliant stand-up. A lot of people may or may not be familiar with. He, his name should be bigger than it is, but that's always the case, isn't it? Uh, and he's interviewed everyone. Uh, rundown. Louis Anderson, Richard Belzer, Elaine Boozer, George Carlin, Ellen DeGeneres, Richard Jenny, 
Jay Leno, Richard Lewis, Bill Maher, Roseanne, Paul Reiser, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Gary Sandling, Sinbad, George Wallace, Jonathan Winters. Um, so it's funny because a lot of the same names appear in both books. Uh, but Ajay's, Ajay's book came out came out first, uh, so I got to give him his dap. And the book, it, it uh, he just, he, exp- like, say, for instance, with Jerry Seinfeld, he, uh, he goes through uh, just a quick rundown of who Jerry Seinfeld is, and then they just goes right into the interview. Describe your method of getting. Describe your method of getting into a writing. Writing. A, describe your method of getting into writing a routine. I believe in having a structured approach. No. <laughs> it's a terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, so he's done this with with everyone. I, feel like a Chris Rock. I'm using a... Look, I read this book and flipped through it so much it actually separated from uh, from its spine. I noticed... Uh, look, he, he opens Chris Rock's chapter. I noticed as we came in here that you grabbed three newspapers and I remember you telling me that you used to read newspapers as a kid. Gotta have a newspaper in front of me to even eat a meal. So it goes through everyone's process. You know, it goes through everyone's... Here, let me find... Uh, let me see if I can find Carlin. Uh, a lot of people don't even know Richard Belzer uh, as a stand-up. They they kind of just know him as uh, as an actor from the the uh, Homicide and Law Law and Order uh, series. Also, you know, before even getting into the actual interviews and the actual comic insights, part one is uh because people call him uh, like Keenan Ivory Wayans said Franklin Ajay is the Miles Davis of comedy, right? Because um, he he started, they started calling him the jazz comedian because he used to go on stage with a, uh, with a, I think, a, uh, either a saxophone or or even a, a, a clarinet, right? And so he, he has uh, first steps to becoming a stand-up comedian, the elements of stand-up comedy, structuring your funny in performance and doing television talk shows. And then, then he goes deeper into the actual process and the, uh, and the interviews and like George Carlin, his first question he asked Carlin, how did you first get interested in comedy and how did being a disc jockey help you get confident enough for going on stage? It's a really good book, man. I, I it's a good book and it's the type of book probably a lot. I don't think a lot of people are familiar with cause it, uh, it's not current, but great, great, uh, Great book. I always, no matter how how good and or talented I've always felt I am, I always felt like I I could learn learn a little bit more and, and go uh, you know especially all going and getting some information from people that I always admired and looked up to and and pretty much everybody that's on this cover, um, all the names on this comic insights. These are all cats that uh, I'm going. Down. Excuse me, I'm going down the list. These are all people that I pretty much, when I was when I first decided I want to uh, do this back in the day, I knew all of them as standups. I knew I knew Louis An- Louis Anderson's uh, first Showtime special was brilliant. I used to I I like Louis Anderson's special so much. I remember playing it. I recorded it and then I played it in the living room, hoping my family would start just watching it one Sunday afternoon. And everyone wound up watching and laughing. Uh, Belzer. I remember Belzer. He did it. He, 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 he was one of the first people I saw do an impression of Ronald Reagan. 
Um, Elaine Boozler, I always thought she was just real, just quick and, and funny. And I also remember, and this might sound chauvinistic, but I remember back then saying, because I was so used to only seeing mostly men, I remember saying, oh, she's just as funny as those guys. Um, and she was cute, too. Back, back, you know, I'm a teenager. I'm like, wow, women, female comics are, can be pretty. Because I, I think before that, who was I really familiar with? Uh, 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 Phyllis Diller, you know? And, and so I wasn't looking at Phyllis Diller as, as someone that was fine. I thought she was funny. Ellen DeGeneres, I used to think, was cute. Um, I had no idea um, back then, but, you know, I was a kid. Uh, I, one of my favorite comics to this day, Richard Jenny, God bless the dead. You know, unfortunately, uh, he passed away. Well, he, he, he killed himself. But um, Richard Jenny... His stand-up still holds up. His lad, I think it was called Good Catholic Schoolboy. Um, brilliant, brilliant stand-up. Jay Leno. Leno, I, I always hear people say how how much of a beast he, he was and his work ethic still is thorough. Richard Lewis. Bill Maher. Bill Maher came to later. I didn't. I wasn't really familiar with Bill Maher until I got a little older and he had uh, Politically Incorrect. Uh, Roseanne, obviously. Paul Reiser. I remember Paul Reiser seeing him as a stand-up, but I, I remember when I, I remember when Paul Reiser, uh, when I first saw Aliens, uh, James Cameron's Aliens, and I was like, yo, that's, that's that comedian dude. And, and he was playing kind of a, a, a douche. He was playing a, a, a dirty dude. So I was like, oh, this guy kind of, wow. And then obviously Chris Rock, Seinfeld, used to love Gary Shandling's first show, the Showtime show. And this is the theme to Gary show, the opening theme to Gary show. This is the music that you hear while you watch the credits. I'm also, almost to the part of where I start to whistle. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny line, of where I start to whistle. That was funny. Uh, Sinbad, uh, George Wallace, and uh, and Jonathan Winters. And, John, and I like that he included Jonathan Winters because Winters was such a an improv uh, cat, man. So, yeah, y'all, y'all, uh, go cop that book, Franklin and Jai's Comic Insights. Uh, you know, go check out uh, Judd Apatow's Sick in the Head. I like Sick in the Head because you get to hear his uh, his relationship with uh, some people that's lasted throughout the years, like Sandler. He, he used to be Adam Sandler's roommate. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Um, and then listening to, uh, or reading the, story about Spike Jones and Spike Jones journey and then how Spike Jones um sort of came up with Johnny Knoxville and the crew from Jackass you know I which I never knew I, I was never aware of that so um yeah man I think I think we going long enough and I'm, I'm a little I'm a little dry mm, a little dry um also everyone that's in Texas in the Plano area the dates have been rescheduled to December I won't be at Hyenas in August. I'll be at Hyenas in December, man. Uh, and always make sure you follow my man Joseph Vesey at, uh, at Joseph Vesey. Um, check out his YouTube channel um, and his sketches. You said y'all just shot something at New York Comedy Club. So y'all go ahead and, uh, and check that out. Um, make sure you, you follow me, um, all over social media at I-A-M-D-E-A-N-E-D-W-A-R-D-S, um, uh, because that's who I am. I am Dean Edwards. And, uh, yeah, and, and keep an ear and eye out. I'll keep breathing the positive energy towards me, man, and, uh, we're gonna get this special done. You hear me? You heard? Uh, it's your man Dean Edwards. All love. 
Uh, and yeah, man, we'll. we'll and, oh, and you know what? Quick shout out because I know, I know he's listening to my man. Uh, is it? Is it? How do you? How do you pronounce the e with two dots? Is it Blerg? 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 Uh, it's. I know it's Yermin, isn't it? Yermin. Well, anyway, at kinda impressed, man. Thanks for um, thanks for letting us know about the iTunes because the iTunes was a. Uh, was uh kind of uh screwed up. Not so we still trying to figure out how come the um the the Father Muckin Rodney Perry Rodney Perry the Father Muckin Rodney Laney uh Road Warriors uh number nine is not uh appearing on, on iTunes because the Gina Gina I was gonna say Gina Rivera the um the Mark Vieira episode and the Gina Brion episodes are up there. Uh, but for some reason, iTunes didn't want to put up the uh, Rodney Laney episode, which actually, it looks like the numbers uh, were affected. So y'all, hey, y'all make sure y'all y'all listening, y'all go to iTunes and, and, and leave comments on there as well. You know, I appreciate the tweets, but also we need them comments on uh, what we'd like. I don't like being needy. So we'd like and appreciate any and all comments on on iTunes as well as uh, SoundCloud and uh, and yeah, y'all keep supporting, man. I'll keep putting out this fire, big mic as always. Thanks for the sounds, controlling the sounds, and it's your man Dean Edwards. We are we in the building as always, son. I scream at y'all in less than five or six days, maybe seven. Not'll be less. I ga- I guarantee it. Easy, two fingers, please.